And this is Rock Newman, boxing empresario and a lifelong Washington baseball fan. Rock, you're on with Stan the Fan and Craig Ice. How are you, Rock? Hey, guys. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah. Um, I really I really appreciate it. How have you enjoyed this Nats ride from 19 and 31 to where they are right yeah. now? <laughs> you know, man, I often tell the story of my eighth grade science teacher. Um, he told me at one point, you know, I was kind of talkative in class, and I'd be laughing and joking. And so he said something, and I guess I had, some kind of a, a, a funny look on my mug. He was like, Newman, get that stupid-looking smile off your face. Well, since since we got past the eighth inning of that last playoff game when um, when, when, when they had the bases loaded, when the Cardinals had the bases loaded, I think, in one out, uh, you know, I was holding on to my chest so my heart wouldn't come out. <laughs> so when we got past that man and then got in that ninth inning and uh, as the ball was coming down uh, to Robles in center field and he squeezed it, man, and we let out, I think, I let out what was a, a I'm 67 years old. Since I've been conscious of baseball, four or five years old, you know, man, I let out a 64-year scream, man, that the home my, that my home team was going to the World Series for the first time, and I've had that stupid-looking smile on my face ever since. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because I, you know, having covered this team since its inception when they come to came from Montreal, uh, I, I wind up seeing how they, you know, try to, you know put the Expos history in with the Nationals a little bit. And, and you know, I, I get that part of it. But to think about that city, you know, and then they lost the Senators twice, and yet this is the first World Series since 33. Uh, the last time they won a World Series in that town was 1924. So from that standpoint, I mean, that's a long time coming. Yeah, man, and you know what? I- I'll tell you. You know, I, one could one can accuse me of of practicing a deep sense of denial or head buried in the sand or otherwise, but you know, I, I really don't attach any kind of thing. You know, to Montreal. I mean, I I just you know, man. Look, on what was it? September the thirtieth, I think, nineteen seventy one. Mm-hmm. That was the, the last game. That's the last, last game. Yeah. The, the last game at at RFK Stadium, I was one of those knuckleheads that jumped over the railing and went out and picked up some of the grass. So, so you were the reason they had to forfeit that game. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, man. Um, and Frank Howard hit a home run in that game. He had a monster shot. Yes, in he that did. Game. Yes, he did. Um, um, but you know. My heart has always been that it was a DC. It was a DC club. You know, I hated both owners that. That, that took the clubs, uh, that took the teams away from us. You know, I go back, man, to having gone to a game at at, at, at Griffith Park, you know, at, at four years old. Griffith, my, Sta- Griffith Stadium. With, Griffith, Griffith Stadium. Stadium. Yeah, yep. Griffith Stadium. And, um, you know, I still, man, I, even as I say it now, it, it, was, I, it was my first time ever going to a, a, a professional park, you know, and just, you know, the feeling of walking in there. So, you know, for me, for me, it go it goes that deep, and 
you know, I spent a lot of time away from here in my travels, lived in New Jersey, lived in Las Vegas, you know, but man, I'm telling you, there's just, there's just, there's just not much in the world that is as sweet as, as a lifelong, you know, baseball fan. I played baseball as a kid through a little league, you know, uh, I played it, started playing in the men's league when I was 13 years old. I got a full scholarship to Howard. So baseball has meant so, so, so very much to me. But, you know, I wrote something on Facebook. I said, you know, not having hope is hurtful. And we had such cellar-dwelling teams for so long. Unbelievable. I loved it. I loved baseball. I loved my home team. But I didn't have hope with that team, you know? And so to come full circle and sort of the hope and the dream when they turned it around in May to come storming back as they've done and just, I mean, they just bludgeoned the Cardinals, you know? Well, you remember. And um, so, man, it's a, it's a truly been a, a euphoric feeling. Rock, you remember that old saying, what was it, the United States, Washington, D.C., first in war, first in peace, and last in the American League? Last in the, Amer- <laughs> last in the American League. I mean, you know, but still, you know, again, as a kid, you remember all the names. Chuck Cartier at, 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 at second base who couldn't hit his way. He couldn't bust a, as Riddick Bowe used to say, he couldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight. <laughs> Eddie Brinkman at shortstop. Aurelio Rodriguez at third. Paul Casanova behind the plate. You know, Don Locke. Don Locke in center field. That's right. Don Locke. That's right. Freddie, and, Val- and, and Freddie also, Valentine. Also, also in center field, Jimmy Pearsall. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, what did you Hit a home run and ran around the bases backwards. backwards. So, so when the Nats left in seventy-one at the end of the seventy-one season to move to Arlington, what did where did your baseball passion go? I know you didn't root for the Texas Rangers. No, no, I did not. I absolutely did not. I, I, I will tell you that um, coming into the nineteen sixty-two season, right? Um, most of my family were diehard Dodger fans. And I kind of always was an oddball, you know? And um, because I so worshipped Willie Mays, I became a San Francisco Giants fan. God, you and I are exactly exactly alike. Willie Willie Mays was like a a dance to me. The kids, kids, you know, how you, you play dozens on the playground and talk about your mom. They wouldn't talk about my mom. They would say, Willie May struck out last night. I was like, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. He never strikes out. <laughs> and so I really became a San Francisco Giants fan. And then when, um, when, you know, when they pretty much broke up, they played the Yankees in that World Series band, and Willie McCovey hit that blistering line drive that uh, Bobby Richardson speared at second base. Yeah. You had, um, and, and so after, the, after that team broke up, I really more sort of identified with certain players, you know. Okay. Um, I, I was a huge, uh, I was a huge Reggie Jackson fan, uh-huh. you know. So uh, that's kind of where my where my sentiments uh, went, and um, you know, I came back here. You know, I, I frankly, I was really, really disappointed that 
that that the uh, Nationals brass didn't give um, Dusty Baker another season. I yep. thought he had had two great seasons. Uh, the team had failed in the playoffs. I just didn't think it had a whole lot to do with Dusty. I was disappointed about that. But, man, I'll tell you something. Um, seeing how uh, 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 Martinez has brought this team together, um, it is really it is really something amazing. And you've got a good group of guys there. You know, there there is there is something that I think has a lot of value. And you look at it and you see other teams doing it. It's not who won the most games during the season necessarily. It is, man, about the team that comes together and surges mm-hmm. at the right time. Yeah, yeah. And this this net team has absolutely done that. And, 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 it, and you know, it doesn't. I, I like that. I like their chances against against either the the, the Yankees or the Astros. Well, Rock, you know, I, they are they are a team that has surged at the right time, and I think the I think the baseball gods are looking on us favorably. Well, Rock, it doesn't hurt to have four guys that can throw the ball like that to go after <laughs> the mound either. You know, man, I had some really, really, really great seats. I was sitting in the fourth row behind home plate. And so at one point, one of my teammates, you know, saw me on, on, on camera. On, but, you know, he was watching the game from home, one of my former, former teammates. And he was man, like, you know, what do you, what do you think about that heat that Scherz is breaking? And what, what do you think? But, you know, and I was like, I just think my – I would be probably an invalid if I had to try to, you know, compete against that kind of heat. That, that starting rotation, man. Lord have mercy when they're on top of their game, it just it it shuts you down, man. It hurts your feelings. So let me the, ask the way you: that they can shut shut a team down, Rock. So let me ask you a question: If you if you if the Nats were to win the World Series at home in Game Five versus Riddick Bowe winning a heavyweight championship, what would be more <laughs> exciting for you? Well, look here. You're going deep now because yeah, going deep now. <laughs> because you know we're all creatures of emotion, but we're all creatures of desiring some comfort also. Yeah. So, Riddick Bowe winning that heavyweight champion, I had a little something to do with that, and got a little piece of that finance. I got a piece <laughs> of that financial action that had the potential to set me up for life. I got so If you. I had to choose the two. I can't lie to you, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in the stadium on that on that fifth game there, hoping just for what you just talked about the Nets winning the World Series on what will be that would right be there. that so, would be next Sunday, Sunday, Sunday night sometime. that would be next Sunday night yeah a week from that's tomorrow. right man hey before we let you go I gotta ask you earlier in the show when I was plugging that you were gonna come on. I was telling Craig about the uh, the the fight where Riddick Bowe was fighting Evander Holyfield in Vegas. And the parachutist landed in the ring. Do you, you got a minute to tell us about that? It's uh, truly, truly one of the most surreal moments in my life. <laughs> um, other people sitting in the stadium and and even you know the the announcers had seen him, but I'm sitting in the first row next to the ring, right. so fully. <laughs> so fully focused and concentrating on what's going on. I had never seen him right. until he actually 
flew into the ropes. Right. And man, that was an extremely dangerous situation because his parachute got caught up into some into some of the lights over the ring. So you could hear the lights popping. You could hear the uh, the 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 uh, the the the, uh, the glass covering the lights, you know, crashing down around you. You know, I mean, sharp, jagged ice uh, uh, um, glass coming down. Right. You know. So I mean, I jumped up. You know, went into. Well, you know, the guys kind of took care of him. They 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 jumped on him. I thought it was an assassination attempt. Wow. My first thought was that it was an assassination attempt on Jesse Jackson or a couple of the other guys that okay. were, you know, at, 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 at ringside. And so I'm, I'm talking to Bo, and, and he looks out and points, and his wife, who was pregnant with the child at the time, had fainted. Oh and the paramedics, God. while we were trying to restore order, the paramedics had come. She was being wheeled out on a um, on a stretcher to the ambulance, and and he and I were having a discussion about whether he was going to jump out of the ring to go help go her, yeah, help his pregnant wife, or get back and fight Holyfield. And it was just wow, it was absolutely surreal. I remember James Brown was part of the HBO broadcast, yeah, yeah, and, and and him coming up. And to try to interview us, hell, man, I don't know what he said or I don't know what I said. It right. was a moment. It was an absolutely bizarre, bizarre night. It was unbelievable. And, I watched. And, I, and I've always thought that that really saved Holyfield. Bo had started out slowly. Uh-huh. Um, what round, what round was, was it in? Like the fifth? That was, I think, the seventh round. Seventh I think that round. Was the, I okay. think that was the seventh round. And, but he was coming on. His jab was starting to rock Holyfield. Holyfield's back was, was spasming. It gave him time to rub him down and everything. And, uh, you know, it was a very, very close fight. I've yep. always thought that as the champion, Bo still should have gotten that decision. But, you know, that's life. Yeah. And, um, but, yeah, it was one of the most surreal moments of my life. All right. Hey, I really appreciate your coming on. Is, is What is Riddick doing today? Um, you know, I haven't had much contact yeah. with him. My understanding is he's living somewhere. He's living somewhere in Florida. All right. And, you know, unfortunately, you yeah. know, he's had his struggles. And that's right. so sad because he was a man. It was unbelievable. Yep. When it was all over with, you know, he was really sitting on top of the world. Yep. So, you know, man, when I say my prayers, I always keep him in my prayers. I appreciate that. That is a great story. Great story. Appreciate your coming on. I'll tell you what, I may reach out to you this week if the series is going in the right direction. Maybe we'll get you on next Saturday. All right? Okay, no problem. Thank All right, you Rock, for thank, me. thanks a million for coming on. Appreciate it. All right. All right. There you go, Rock Newman.